Hey there, avid listener. Thanks again for tuning into the Sins Workshop podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day, and I hope this new year is continuing to treat you all of it well. So today we're going to be talking about The Broken Raven by Joseph Elliott. It's a sequel to... Uh, oh, pardon me. It's a sequel to The Good Hawk. Um, this is a novel that I thoroughly loved. I did love it, but I think when you're reading it, it it's going to catch you off guard. I read The Good Hawk, or more accurately, I listened to it as an audiobook, the first novel. Um, so the language didn't strike me as odd, you know, the structure and the sound of it, it flowed, you know, I do love audiobooks for that reason. However, with this novel, I was gifted an art from the publisher, so I had to read it. Um, my issue is, it's not really an issue, I just do want to make note of it, that a lot of the words are spelled phonetically, the way they sound, and I want to, I want to say that that's great in some cases. It makes it more accessible for a lot of readers, and I think the author did that because his main character is autistic, she is an autistic character um you know a lot of people do call her names that I don't feel comfortable saying um so I'm not going to but they do call her uh, I I guess I'm gonna say the r word they do call her that quite a lot um but Agatha is probably the best character in this novel I absolutely love her she's not without flaws she is not perfect but she is fierce she is formidable she is clever she is intelligent she's strong and her birth and the way her mind works doesn't make her any less of a person now i think it caught me off guard when i was reading the story uh some of these words and i was just like what in the world it did catch me off guard and it did take me a moment to be like what's what is he saying here but once you understand um and it's not hard to figure out when you're reading it it's very not hard to figure out what the words are supposed to be like i said you they are spelled the way they sound and i've always thought english is such a weird language because i'm like really that 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 you don't even hear these letters sometimes you know so i do think it is really a fun and creative and unique to read a story like this but i do want to note that it may catch a lot of experienced readers off guard now that being said i think this is a great book and a great series for people who have difficulty reading, um, people who are young, who are just getting into reading, you know, I think this is a great book for that reason, because it's a breeze to read. I was reading it, and, you know, once you figure out, um, for more experienced readers, once you kind of understand, oh, okay, this, they're just spelled the way they sound, not all the words, just some of them, um, it it makes it go a lot quicker so it was a really fast read it was a really easy read i definitely do recommend it 
if you have um, a family member or child who has difficulty reading. You know, I had a lot of difficulty getting into reading when I was a kid uh, to the point where all my teachers thought I had a learning disability. But, you know, my mom found a book for me. She... And then that, they were, that was the end of that. Now I read like three books a week. Um, <laughs> or I try to. Working a full-time job and having a ch- uh, one-year-old son does kind of hinder my reading process. Um, but I, do wanna, I did want to make note of that for any readers. You know, if you read this book, if you read The Good Hawk, then you are already kind of familiar with it. It does make the reading easier. Um, but it does catch you off guard. I was not expecting that. Um, not at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, that being said, once again, I did enjoy this book. You've got, you have Agatha, you have Jamie, and we have a new character. We have Sigrid, who is part of the Daemon's, um, I guess, clan, you could say. But she doesn't like the king. So, you know, this novel picks up a few months after uh, The Good Hawk. Agatha and Jamie have saved their clan and another clan from the evil demons. Um, And what they also do is, you know, they haven't quite made it home yet because their home is still under control of an enemy. So they are all living together at the second clan's home, you know, but food is starting to get scarce, you know, their crops were burned by the daemons, so food is very scarce. And it's creating a lot of turmoil and tension between these clans. A lot of them are thankful, like, yeah, we're thankful for you. But we don't want to risk our lives to help you save, to, to help you get your home back. You know, they're scared, understandably so. It's not that they're ungrateful. And I don't think any of them are ungrateful. But it is a very high-tension situation that all these people have been thrown into. So... There are better ways to deal with it than the ways Catriona, who I hate, by the way, I hate her. I despise her with a passion. She is despicable. She is a despicable character. Catriona, um, <laughs> Catrona, Catriona, I don't know. I, I don't care enough of her to accurately pronounce her name. That That is how I feel about her. I do not like her. Not one bit. So... I think it is a very interesting novel. It is different than the first novel because the situation is different. The story progression is different. They're not traveling across the land anymore. They are just trying to deal with the turmoils at home. However, um, in a struggle between Agatha and Catriona, they release the shadow creatures who no longer have something to control them so they're just killing indiscriminately at this point so jamie has the thought you know let me find the creator let me find the creator of these shadow beings so he does get to go 
on a little bit of an adventure. He has to go find the bow riders again. Uh, that does put him face to face with Cray. And that does also encourage him to continue to explore his sexuality. Because he is attracted to Cray. But in his clan, you know, homosexuality is frandabon. It is not duth, as they would say. It's not kosher, you know, for them. So he's trying to kind of still, he's still reeling, you know, from the first book. He's still reeling from all the death that he saw, the destruction that he's, he witnessed, and his own sexuality that he never really thought to put into question. His clan works so differently from other clans he's discovering, and he's seeing that there is a much bigger world than his clan out there and so he's really confused with what to do now i think it's a really good development of jamie's character i like how this story gives jamie more chance to shine uh, i think really agatha was the star of the first novel and she's still pretty <clears throat> formidable in this novel as well. I do appreciate her as a character. She is very strong. She is very compassionate. She's very thoughtful and clever. And I like how she doesn't let people put her down. I like how she stands up for herself and stands up for what's right. You know, she's willing to go to an enemy clan to be like, look, there are a bunch of innocent people here. You're not all bad. What you did was bad to steal her home, but I don't want you all to die. You know, she puts her life on the line for these people who stole her home. And I think that that's very commendable for her. I don't know that I would be good enough to do that. I think we all like to think, oh yeah, we would totally be kind enough to do that. But considering that Agatha and her friend, um, Jamie's friend, gosh, I can't remember her name, considering they're the only two people who made this risk, that was interesting. Out of all these people, they're the only two that saw something wrong with it. Now, we have a new character in this story as well. We have Sigrid. She is... Uh, the new eyes for the king of the daemons who had, you know, his eyes clawed out by the bats that Agatha was controlling. He is going to England to team up with the king to kill all these people. You know, he's mad. And the king of England, he just wants to stop a prophecy that says he's going to be killed by a, a Shkoshin. Um, <laughs> so he wants to kill them all as well. And Sigrid, she's just like, she speaks her mind, and they treat her worse than anything. Um, so it's no surprise that she wants to go find these people and, and warn them of this un oncoming invasion. Like, look, they're coming. She risks a lot, and I think Sigrid is a really good character because she's... God, I can't think of the word. She's scruffy, you know, she is a scruffy character, she is thoughtful, she is, um, she's not like Agatha, and she's not like Jamie, she's more outspoken, she's blunt, she's honest, she is fierce, so I think that that is really <clears throat> honorable for her.
I really do. And, you know, she does come from a sort of a broken home. You know, the, the Damon King, he just takes and takes from his people. So she is put in this position of, well, what should I do? You know, her mother, she just kind of does whatever her mom tells her, even though she's the one who really cares for her mother. I would say after the death of her father, she had to grow up real fast uh, to take care of her mother and to work because her mother is just a drunk. She's always looking for the next quick buck so that she can spend it on liquor. So Sigrid has had to grow up real fast. She's about 12 and she's very mature for her age. You can hear it in her voice, in her tone, uh, in her perspective. And that's why I think she stands out why she's so different because this is her you know she's had a rough life all her life not just recently so she's been forced to grow up rather quickly and I think her perspective gives something more to the story it creates um, this new world that you're seeing you're you're seeing as a reader that these demons are not all in love with the king that some of them really do hate him you're seeing that not all of them are bad which i think is interesting because in the first novel it was just they are the enemy they are all bad and now you're seeing no that they that there are good people within these communities and i like to see that I think it adds more depth to the story that you're having a lot of characters that are gray. You know, no one's just good. No one's just bad. Uh, they all make a lot of questionable choices, but it's the why are they making these questionable choices that makes them either a good person or a bad person. So once again, this is The Broken Raven. I think it's a great book. Honestly, I'm looking forward to the next one because uh, wow that cliffhanger <laughs> i am looking forward to the next book i am really intrigued to see where this story goes i do love these characters and once again you know this is a great book that is accessible to any reader and i think that that is what really makes it stand out so i'm gonna go ahead and give the broken raven four and a half out of five stars four four and a half uh, didn't quite blow me away, but I still do think it is an excellent novel and definitely worth reading. Now you can go ahead and purchase this book off of bookshop.org or check it out from your local library if money's tight. Uh, please do not forget to support Sin's Workshop by liking this podcast and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. Mm-hmm.